Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Have a Gerd Talk. <laughs> Actually, it's not title for season two. Actually, it'd be season three. What? You guys weren't here for season one. Oh, that's right. You did it by yourself. Did it by myself with the occasional guest uh, the first season, and then the second season is this, which this is the season finale for the second season. Uh, which well, season. What's that? It's well-seasoned. It's well-seasoned? Well-seasoned. Well-seasoned. You know, like well, the way you said it, it was like kind of stuck together. So it was like well wells- Well-seasoned? Something like well-seasoned. that. Well-seasoned? Well-seasoned? Anyway. Well-seasoned? What's that about? <laughs> about boo. Anyway, guys, welcome to the podcast. If you couldn't tell, it's just me and Orion again. Again. And if you don't know who me is, me is Travis. Um <laughs> It's Travis. Me is also Orion. Ooh. Me is Banana. And apparently the caveman <laughs> decided to join us today. Me is caveman. <laughs> me talk good. Me talk big smart. <laughs> me bang stone. Make fire. <laughs> Wait, why are you banging stones? Make fire. You know? <laughs> Oh my gosh! And this, this is what you can expect in pretty much every episode, where it takes us forever to get to the topic at hand because this is just this is us. Who needs topics? Hot topics. Hot topic. I don't know why we always do that, where we put hot topic <laughs> to the theme of hot pockets. <laughs> so instead of hot pockets, it's just hot topic. I don't know, but I feel like we needed to record this, but have everyone do it that's involved, oh. so that way we could have it like harmonized, and so that way when we that go way. into like a topic we consider <laughs> hot, we could just be like hot topic, hot topic, <laughs> hot topic. Oh my! Gosh. I could get different ranges. I could harmonize myself, right? I mean, you could, you could, and you have the stuff. You could just record it. So you know what? That's your project for before season three. You got to make the hot topic melody. All right, I won't remember this. I know, that's okay. I'm not <laughs> actually expecting it, so. But Watch, I do that just bring that out in first episode of season three, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" And then I just bring up this <laughs> podcast, like, "Hey, you told me to do this." Oh my gosh! If you actually remember, by the time we start season three, I will be impressed, and I might yeah, even I will, give you I... a bone. <laughs> and call you a good boy um... and pat you on the head. I figured I should add some like more detail yeah. to that because otherwise <laughs> that could go really I mean, wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's already weird, but we just don't need to make it any weirder than it already is. But do we? I mean, I mean, oh, why not? We could. We should. Should we though? You know, I, I was thinking about it earlier today. It's a good thing we discovered how to do like stuff mobily like away from each other because obviously we're not sitting in the same room with each other because like <laughs> if one of us actually moves to another state or country or something we got to keep our amusement level high somehow so like i could move to california or florida or anywhere else and i'd still be able to Back do this podcast California. let's pack up and move to california such a lovely place <laughs> <laughs> we go for two entirely different songs well, now know. he's got a mix in californication in there ooh, ooh. yeah <laughs> if you actually listen to what that song is about ooh, <laughs> is it's it is 100 about sex you should not watch the tv show 
<laughs> yeah, I, I have no really, you know, interest in watching it. I know what it's about though, because it, it, it it's about sex. <laughs> the only <laughs> the only reason that I ever had any interest in watching it is because what's his face that plays um uh, yeah Mulder is the lead actor in it. It's his like other T it's the only other T V show I think he's done actually. And it's and been is, running it, it, very long. It, I'd say it's his T V show as well, so Yeah, it's his baby, so mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason why the like reboot of X Files took so long to do. Just because he's like, I'm prioritizing my show first. Yeah. And so they had to or reorganize everything around his schedule, essentially. Well, and that's why we only get like six episodes every two to three years of it. Because technically the reboot hasn't been canceled or anything. It's just because of his own stuff that they only film so much of it every couple of years. And then you factor yeah. in the coronavirus stuff and then maybe they didn't film any of it this year at all. Yep. Because really, Fun times. if you've watched the last segment that they came out with they left it with the cliffhanger like every x-files episode there was because let's be honest yeah. x-files is what like totally invented the cliffhanger <laughs> i don't think there was really ever an episode of x-files did that that did not leave on some sort of cliffhanger i don't think they ever really closed out anything entirely no. like you get like some like some little bit of closure but there was always open for more it was, it was never like oh we're never touching back on this again Oh, yeah. Well, and then you'd have those episodes where they left it on, like, a huge drop, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they must be planning this for, like, the season end or something. And then six seasons later is when they finally return to that story. Or they don't return to it at all, and you're still pondering what, like, what the heck. <laughs> I say, what's not it like? Yeah. Say, because then if they introduce the cigarette smoking man in the first season and then not cover it him more later until, like, the fourth or fifth season? Something like that, yeah, I... You know, I don't remember because I would say the only season I've seen thoroughly is the first season of it, mostly just because I've never gotten around to watching it all because there's a lot of X-Files and that's a lot of binge watching oh, to yeah. do. And especially considering every season has like 22 episodes at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I finished the first season of Eureka today thinking that it was yeah, a full yeah. season, but it's only 12 episodes. Uh, which I was kind of depressed uh, about because I'm like, oh, wait, that means that these are all going to be short seasons and there's not going to be as much Eureka as I thought there was. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Yeah, but that was the downside to the Sci-Fi Channel shows because I think Sci-Fi Channel is like where the big switch between um, your like long seasons, your 22, 24 long, episode long seasons became shorter just because Sci-Fi at the time wasn't it's as so big a deal. Well, yeah, and it took not, a lot just to be able to produce I, that type of content. I say for the time where a lot of big sci-fi first started hitting the like the big screens with stuff like Stargate, Star Trek, Star Wars, and all that, CGI was not a quick, easy thing to do. If you wanted CGI, that was a lot of time and effort. Oh yeah, I say in a lot of ways, like it was shows like that and movies like that that really established like visual effects arts for what they are today. Mm-hmm. That, and that's one of the things that's always fun is looking over the production stuff for the original Star Wars trilogy. All the little nifty tricks and stuff they did, like the fact that their Star Destroyers were literally just made out of Legos. That's oh, yeah. just amazing. Yeah, it's insane just to kind of see like the amount of creativity that went into establishing the industry for what it is today. Because like, I would definitely agree. I think Star Wars played the biggest switch in the visual effects or special effects factor of everything at least that's where you saw the big change i think it started developing before that but it was definitely george lucas with his 
design and Star Wars and everything that really helped us see that transition into more of a uh, a visual effects driven industry. Because nowadays, I mean, you, you can't really watch anything without there being some sort of visual effects done with it. Lens flares. Well, he's not J.J. Abrams, though. <laughs> and there's only one J.J. Abrams Star Wars, I think. Was there one or is there two of them? Two. He came back for the last one. Did he? Well, yep, they must have because... put a, they must have put a chopping block on the lens flares because you could actually watch that movie without going blind. <laughs> I think it's because of how dark the atmosphere of the last movie was that like he kind of didn't have as many opportunities to. Yeah, I say it was a much darker film altogether. I think it was probably one of the darker of the Star Wars storylines. Probably, but I still don't think it'll top Episode Three because Episode Three was definitely quite horrific in a lot of ways. Oh, and uh, Anakin makes his transition yeah. to the dark side. Yeah. Which, by know, the way, spoiler good. alert, but if you haven't seen Star Wars, well, I'm disappointed in you. So, actually, I don't care. No spoiler alert for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you really think about it, not only did Anakin just commit mass genocide, but he killed not just the men, but the women and the children, too. Yeah. And he didn't <laughs> just pay someone else to do it. He literally slaughtered yep. children. He slaughtered them like animals. You were supposed to bring ballots to the Force. And this is just turned into nothing but Star Wars prequel references. Yeah, a little bit. And ironically, TV shows, movies, visual effects, none of that was on our like topic choice for today at all. Nope, not at all. But it was listed as we have our topic and whatever else comes along. So I guess this has come along. Yeah, and that's <laughs> essentially what we do. You know? and, you know, the funny thing is, is even though we're talking about like visual effects and everything if you think about it we could kind of interlink it with our main topic which uh if you guys haven't looked at the title of the podcast okay you're weird um but it's about <laughs> it's about <laughs> the new uh playstation playstation 5 going over this details that to they've be, released about it to be fair if they're watching this like in the farther future when we already have like a couple other seasons of this they might just be listening to it and letting it go from one episode to the next without looking at it so they could theoretically not know what the title is Okay, that's fair, because I'm doing that with, like, three different podcast shows right now, because at work, with all the <laughs> downtime that I have, I'll throw in one earbud, and I'll just throw on a podcast and literally tell it to play from the beginning of the series. And so, like, I think all three of the shows that I'm listening to have, like, 400-plus episodes on them, anywhere from a couple of minutes long per episode to two and a half, three hours long per episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, you, so, you, so you it's, it's not out of the question. No, it, it, it's yeah, not. No. <laughs> anyway, that topic you were talking about. Yeah, so PlayStation 5, uh, as many know, it was recently announced, as in I think it was June 11th is when they finally like announced details about it and all that. Uh, and like that. one of the big things that people are making a big deal about with the PlayStation is just how amazing it looks graphically um, based off of the... I guess more like teasers rather than anything else that they've kind of shown off for it. Yeah. I've uh, not really shown any actual gameplay. I don't think yet. Not really. Um, I think the closest we've seen gameplay wise is for the star Wars game where there you're, you play in the, uh, the fighter jets. Um, I haven't really like, Oh, seen star Wars anything. squadron. That's what it's called. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, so like continuation of the rogue squadron games. Kind of similar. Yeah. Um, but you know, just more modernized and everything that, and I think it also supports uh VR. So it'd be kind of cool to literally sit with the VR headset. If you had a proper setup at home where you had like the joystick controls, <laughs> VR headset, like that'd be awesome. The, the little flight joysticks that you gave me. 
can use that kind of thing. There you go. Yeah, that would that would totally be awesome. I I would totally be all for that. Oh, same. Like I would love to get a VR system eventually for my computer. Uh, the thing that I'm realizing though is that in order for Maiden to really support it well, um, I think I would need to upgrade my CPU and definitely add more RAM just because of the amount of resources it takes to run a VR. Even though my graphics card is VR compatible, I think I meet like all the minimum requirements for everything else. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think my laptop is actually VR certified to be used for VR systems. And that doesn't surprise me. I don't think it'd be impossible to play VR on the lowest setting on some of the different oh, setups. Yeah. Um, you definitely couldn't play VR and stream from that same computer, though. Oh, most definitely not. I can't even play games and play from the same computer. So what you talk about? Uh, I, yeah. I have to pick and choose my PC games. Oh, I totally Console get ones that. are easy, though. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, if it wasn't for the audio issues that I have with the Elgato, I would probably use the uh, the console for some streaming stuff. Uh, but going back to PlayStation 5, uh, so I think what we'll do is we're going to go over some of the key facts or the key things that they announced about the console, and then we'll kind of break it down from there. Uh, so I'm going to go over the key facts. Uh, I don't know how much you've actually seen about the PlayStation. I honestly, this is the first time I've looked at anything about it today. Uh, so for me, this is definitely going to be like a first reaction kind of deal. Yeah, pretty much the only thing I know about it is that it looks like a router. Yeah. Yeah, that's about all I knew about it was just the look of it, and I was highly disappointed. But like, yeah, like I don't mind. Like it's like I don't mind how like futuristic it looks. Honestly, I don't like how it looks with the disc drive. Is my thing is that disc drive looks so out of place. It definitely looks like it was like an afterthought to its design because it's so odd and bulky on the side of it. But if you look at the one that's digital only, it definitely looks like it was designed to be that way, and I don't think it's a bad look to it. Yeah. That's just my two cents. Yeah, I don't really know where my opinion stands with it as far as how it looks. Like I think it's just because it's different from the you know, the PlayStation four design and the PlayStation three. Because like the three and four, the the biggest difference between those designs cosmetically is that one of them had very curved uh points where the you know the PS three is very curved or the PS four is very pointy. Yeah. Um, you know, and then even the PS3 was pointy at times. Yeah, and you know, and now that I think about it more, if you actually were, if you were to put one of each con generation of console next to each other, from the PS1 to the PS5, they actually all kind of look different from each other. They never really keep that yeah. same. They keep the same like the, general idea, but not the exact same design cosmetically. Yeah, they keep like that same rectangular shape, but like it's like cosmetics to it are definitely a bit different for, for each one. Like, uh, I have, like, one of the minis of the original one, and it's very, very shapely compared to the newer ones as you got through, like, the two and the three. The first one was definitely a lot more shapely than those those other two were. Okay. And then, like you said, you get to the fourth one, and it's just this big pointy thing, so. Well, you know, I think at some point in older, you know, design days for everything, it wasn't that they designed it the box that all the hardware was in for cosmetics. They designed it because they needed everything to fit in it. <laughs> Where now, yeah. because it's technology has shrunk so much, it's easy for them to just go, okay, how do we want to make this look so that it draws more attention, that people are more likely to buy it? Because it yeah. stands out more. It looks more fancy. And the funny thing is, most of the newer systems don't look as cool as the older ones do. No, they really don't. They all, actually, for the most part, they're all pretty bland nowadays. Yeah. I mean, just look at the changes in the Nintendo system. If you look back at the original NES and the original SNES... 
those were such unique looking designs. And then you get up to the Wii and the Wii U. And hell, mention the GameCube here. The GameCube was literally just a freaking cube. Mm-hmm. This and is true. Went to like the really tiny, sleek look that the Wii and the Wii U had compared to the really pop out that the originals had. Like, don't get me wrong, the original NES was just a big block. True. But with its color scheme and everything, it didn't. It doesn't always just look that way. That and it had a very interesting tray for the cartridges and such compared to it wasn't a top loader like you have with the later uh, cartridge based consoles. It was actually like a slot you had to open up and pop it in, delicately slide the cartridge in and out. And, you know, do it multiple times, blowing in the cartridge every now and then <laughs> to make sure it would actually connect and play. And... Yep. Oh, yeah. I always wonder what it would be kind of like to build a competitive console, like literally do the research to see what have been the biggest complaints and positivity to all the different consoles that have ever existed take all of those design a competitive like brand new console based on that and honestly i think the hardest part for it would be the software design for it because hardware wise putting parts together to make it work unless you want complete originality in the parts unless you don't want it to be just oh look i'm building a fancy computer that has a brand name slapped on the front of it yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there's a lot of hardware development that goes into something like console because you have to go down to the basic I.O. levels of a, of a board in order to build something like a motherboard for any sort of computer based system. There's a lot of detail that goes into just that individual piece. It's not something that one person can do that developing something of that level would take a, a significantly large number of people or partnerships with different companies like for example if you partner with nvidia or something for it right and you you had a lot of their resources to actually develop the hardware and such for it while you focus more on the platform itself i could see something like that coming about and honestly i think your next biggest challenge is actually getting into the market itself because you have to get something that attracts people to your console above the other ones and the hardest part i think you're going to hit on that is actually getting the games on the system right yeah because you have all all these big name developers have been following pc nintendo playstation and xbox forever and now this new person is trying to pop in why would the why do they want to release their game on your platform above others Right, especially now when they're just now starting to make it that it's common for games to be available on Linux platforms. Yeah, say, look, at Linux and Mac are still just kind of starting to pop into all of this. They haven't been into a lot of it for the longest time. They're only just now starting to really get into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I say, while I enjoy hardware aspects of things, I love building computers and everything, I don't think as a business perspective that's something i ever want to pursue because it is already a competitive enough market i don't mind the idea of producing games which i think we've actually brought up in previous podcasts that that is one of the things that my business is going to work on is an actual game project um because that is a easier market to enter into because people love independent games they're so tired of the same triple a crap over and over again where all they do is they give you the same game with a different skin Mm-hmm. I say indie games have really taken over the market in modern gaming, particularly with PC gaming, because it's very easy to get, get a game out on PC compared to getting it out on a console. You don't have to get permission from Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. PC, you literally can just slap it on a random website with a download, and people can get your game. And so it's easy to get yourself out there on a PC system compared to that on the consoles, which is why you see a lot of these in, develop, in developers 
indie in developers that's what i'm calling them now not indie developers in developers <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll see a lot of them that, oh, they almost always start out on pc um, uh, look at undertale undertale got hugely popular but as far as i'm aware it started out as a pc only game and once it started hitting popularity suddenly it started shooting out all these different systems and now toby has actually gotten his music into Nintendo games. His music is in Smash Brothers now because of how big his game has gotten. Right. Well, yeah. And, well, and, you know, even if you look at it nowadays, any of, of your game engine platforms, like your Unreal Engine, your Unity Engine, your Cry Engine, all that, they actually all support and help with distribution onto consoles now, too. Where yeah. before, when those engines first came out, it was exclusively yeah. for PC or actually for Unity, it was exclusively Mac when it first came out. Which is funny because I think it's hardly ever used for Mac. Yeah, but at the same time, Unity is one of those engines that's used for more than just game design. It's also used for um, corporate type stuff like uh, architectural development and stuff like that. So I think yeah, that's so yeah. where you got the Mac side of stuff. I say because originally wasn't Unity not even related to game development at all. No, it was just basically a big graphic engine. I mean, that's essentially what it came down to is you could put everything so in it. You could make it interactive like a game, but that wasn't the primary focus of it. People just grabbed so it, hold of it and were like, ooh, let's make a game with it. So it was more like a fancified uh, modeling software. Well, not so much a modeling software because you couldn't create the assets inside of it as much as you could put all the puzzle pieces of your assets into one for it. So it was more like your foundation of your puzzle. Now. Um, it was the table you were putting your puzzle pieces on. Right, exactly. You know, and if you look at Unity's website and you look at the solutions for their engine platform, they have games listed, automotive, transportation and manufacturing, film, animation and cinematics, architecture, engineering and construction, brands and creative agencies, gambling and ed tech, which I'm not sure what ed tech is, uh, but you, you see there's multiple solutions. It's not just games. And if... It's funny, actually, uh, because Unity Engine is one of those engines that's also used behind the scenes in a lot of shows. Like, you can see your 3D environments for people who are filmed just walking in front of a chroma key screen. The background environment is almost always um, rendered and populated with the Unreal Engine or the Unity Engine because they've integrated themselves <laughs> so much into television. Um in films if you watch like your sports shows um like you know your espn shows where they're going over the highlights of the football game and everything and you'll see these really yeah. cool camera swings where it looks like they have these giant like 3d walls or holograms that just pop out of nowhere those are almost always rendered at live time with the unreal engine like literally the unreal engine has become a huge platform for television um another example is the mandalorian nothing yeah. was filmed in front of a green screen it was all filmed in front of a digital screen that the unreal engine rendered the entire environment for wow um so yeah so even game engines have expanded more from just being for games as much as just like that graphic industry altogether yeah i mean look at stuff like um uh, like node and stuff does i'm sure a lot of that's rendered in stuff like the unreal engine yeah, I know that um, they use the Unreal Engine. I know that the, one of their founders, Sam Gorski, um, they have not touched base on it in a while just because they've had so much going on. They've actually increased their staff a lot. Um, they're actually so staffed that they don't have enough room for everyone in their studio because they've had to grow oh, their geez. team so much. Uh, wow. I was actually just before this, I was watching their latest uh, behind the scenes video and 
the studio space that is above them that was one of the founders apartment for the longest time he's moving out because he's got a wife and he just had his first child now they're actually renovating the upstairs studio to include it as part of the main corridor studio because they've hired so many people that they don't have enough space for everything (laughs) um oh it's great for them means they're growing oh yeah but uh yeah, like Sam Gorski, one of their founders, he would love to get into game design with Corridor, and they've actually experimented with it and kind of shown off some of the things that they're testing out. Uh, nice thing about Corridor is they don't rush anything. They take their time with everything. So even though they've kind of touched base on some of their game design-related ideas, it could be a few I mean, years yet before we see anything from it. I mean, there was the one guy who's part of their team who made Bone Works. so... Yep, Brandon Jalich. He, uh... Yep. Yeah, he was never directly a part of Corridor. He was actually with Rocket Jump with Freddy. Um, and just because they all kind of were together, because they actually shared the same studio space when they first started. Um, yeah. The the apartment that Nico lived in that he's finally moving out of, that they're remodeling now, was actually originally the apartment for him, Sam, Brandon, and Freddy that they all also shared as their <laughs> studio space when they first started. Um, and now Brandon, it's uh, game studio is literally right next door to corridor. Like they just walk down the hall and there's the door to his studio. Nice. Um, so they literally just like have bought out the big office space and literally they just, they have renting ones next to each other essentially. Oh yeah, pretty much. Well, and that's the thing is they, I think everyone that's in that space, because technically the space that they're in isn't even like a proper like office or studio space. It's actually a bunch of old like warehouse factory spaces that yeah. are just separated out or actually mm-hmm. uh, corridors and nodes are connected to each other. Now they actually cut out a big chunk of the wall between the <laughs> two since they're owned by the same people and literally yeah. just have like a giant sliding door so that they can easily get back and forth between the two. Okay, since it's all interlinked anyway. Right. You know, and when I'm able to get a studio space for all the production stuff, I'd love to be able to get a space that's a mix of both office, but also have a warehouse space for being able to do stuff like, hey, let's build a set for this production, whether it's something game or film or TV related or whatever. Being able to have both of those spaces, I think, would be really effective overall. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's even the chance that as things grow, it'd be more than one space. You might have one space dedicated just to film and then have another building that's for the game design aspect or, you know, whatever, as everything mm-hmm. kind of builds and grows. I say the one thing I really want for like any sort of studio space is I want to eventually build like a really nice sound booth, essentially that can be used for recording stuff like vocals and instruments and stuff without disruption of background noise. Right. Oh yeah. I'd like Which, to build that a takes nice a little bit of studio. space, but Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and if you want to build it right, it takes a lot of coordinating for, like, being able to run everything for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can't have all the computer stuff in that room. It has to be in a separate space from that. Yeah, otherwise Otherwise, you hear the computer in the background. Yep, you'll either hear the computer in the background or because of all the different frequencies going around, it'll actually cause feedback in your microphones. Yeah, because they... Because that's one of the things I want to be able to do is I want to be able to start doing stuff like music covers of stuff, which is one of the reasons I want to be able to learn a few different instruments so I give myself variance so I don't necessarily have to just go on YouTube, find a karaoke version of a song, and then just sing over. I want to be able to learn how to put those pieces of music together myself and then be able to do all of it, which all that takes a lot of time, which is why I want to start learning it now. Right. And I'm actually... I am actually part of a group on Discord that is going to be doing, like, vocal covers and such of, like, a bunch of anime songs and stuff because I'm a massive weeb and that's what I do. 
but like because you've seen the software i was making for it just yep. for rolling yeah i'm actually on that vocalist list okay nice i wasn't well, sure if you ever noticed before but i don't think i did because i was more focused on the software side of it rather than the like content built into the software side of it um yeah. But as far as like the whole music covers thing, so you know, you also happen to have this guy who also plays a lot of instruments that could also do some like total collaboration type stuff with you. That that is actually stuff I've thought about as well as having stuff where it's like I can have you work working on stuff with you. Uh, Jaden and I have talked about doing stuff together. I know I probably do stuff with people in the group I'm a part of. Right. And well, so it's like I'm 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 starting to bit more networking with a lot of this stuff as well. Yeah, but it's it, just one of those things like I like this stuff. It's fun. So I'd like to be able to learn more of this and be able to do more of it. Oh, it yeah, just definitely. It takes time. I say I think the biggest thing that holds me back from doing stuff with music is kind of what we were talking about, I think, before we started recording was for me, I can write lyrics really well, but I really struggle with writing the music where you were saying that you can write the you you can figure out the music really well, but not so much the lyric side of everything. Yeah. Are you being attacked? I don't know. I'm. I'm not it's sure. Like, I, cause I heard that too. It was just two taps. Well, I think I'll go investigate. So give me a moment. All right, podcast. We're having a temporary intermission here to see if Travis is being robbed. Anyway, getting us back to the PlayStation Five discussion. Even though it's just funny. That's not even what we were discussing anymore. <laughs> no, we were discussing music. We'll eventually make our way back to the whole PlayStation Five deal. Uh, yeah. But no, we were talking about music and collaborating and working on stuff together and all that. Yeah. So I guess one of the things is that in my book that I have all my, my music stuff in, I actually have a list of all, like a bunch of the different types of chords and such and the kind of tone they all carry with them and represent the kind of feel you get with them. Because I've started doing a bit more delving into the music theory of stuff because I know that helps a lot with being able to make stuff. Yeah, I'm terrible with that. Hey, I, I think I, I think I did send you that half hour video on uh, music, <laughs> learning music theory. So it's not much, but it's a start. Yeah, well, you know, eventually I might get around to it. Well, it's the whole reason I gave you the saxophone. It's like literally, I just haven't had time to expand on certain things. I've got so yeah. much going on with trying to get my business to be, you know, more successful and everything. That that's like that is my primary focus in a lot of ways, other than you know my normal job and my other job and life in general yeah so you know one thing i realized is that while i uh never thought it would be helpful because of the way my mind works with you know a mix of all the damage stuff so you know i have a really hard time staying focused and kind of being able to sort things out in my head especially after going through all of the brain issues and everything it's been a struggle for me for a while i've gotten better with it um Sorry, I keep getting distracted by the pops because, well, it's just you know, the whole the whole self defense yeah. thing kicks in. Um, <laughs> but you hear uh, a poppy noise, you got, it kind of gets your attention. It's like everybody, go, 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 go. Um, <laughs> but uh, see, this is why I get distracted easily. Uh, so <laughs> I've had, you always had the focus I issues. Think the last week or so I've started just writing stuff down. Like if I feel like my mind's really jumbled and I can't focus, I actually keep a notebook with me. Um, 
that's sort of almost kind of become like a journal the way I write things in it. But at the same time, it's just so that literally I can write everything that's going on in my head in that moment down and then be able to visually sort through it all. Um, And then I'm able to add additional notes to it, kind of highlight or underline things to go, okay, this is kind of how I need to process this in order to focus and figure it out a little bit better. Um, Getting my blood sugar under control has definitely helped with that a lot though, since I've, gotten that under control um i've actually been able to focus and think a lot clearly and i have a lot more energy in general it's not constantly dragging me down only thing i notice is that if i'm not careful and i have my blood sugar too low it causes a whole new slew of problems (laughs) Um, yeah it's the whole balance thing you gotta keep going there yeah i got really good at cutting and lowering my sugar levels and i don't think that i've gotten too low with my sugar as much as I haven't had enough like proteins. Um, like today I didn't have really eat like any meat or any proteins at all. Um, until shortly after I got up from a nap, I was starting to feel really out of it. Not like sick, but just like disoriented. Yeah. Kind of just, you know, um, where it's not like, you're not like exhausted but you're not energetic either. You're just kind of the. It wasn't so much even an energy thing as much as I almost felt like I was going to like, yeah, it's definitely fireworks. I heard the sparkles now. Um, <laughs> I say I heard the pop again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely fireworks. It's podcast under attack edition. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but no, like I just felt really out of it. Almost like I could throw up at any time, but not actually feeling like I could, was going to throw up. I do know that exact feeling, yeah. It's just kind of weird. And so I actually, I ended up ordering a uh, sandwich from Firehouse Subs because I'm like, I wanted to cook up some meat that I had. Well, the meat went bad. I cooked it and it was rotten. It was just, you could smell it. And I tried a little taste of it. And I'm like, if I eat this, I'm going to get really sick. And then I really will start throwing up. Um, And that's the only thing I had defrosted. And everything else, it's it wasn't something I could easily defrost at all. So I was like, yeah. all right, well, I've been doing really good about not ordering food and everything. I think if I do it once, I'll be fine. So I did. Yeah. I ordered a sandwich. So it wasn't even something unhealthy. Um, but it has ham, roast beef, and turkey on it. Um, <laughs> so I got plenty of protein out of it. And after I ate that, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Um, so I Let's think it that's... was just the protein balance I was missing on. Let's say I think I'm struggling with that as well because pretty much the only time I actually eat like a normal meal is at dinner. Right. Otherwise, it's just random snacking bits, and carbs don't give you protein, so. No, they don't, and unfortunately, most of your quick and easy snacks are all just heavy carbs. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so especially one thing when I've, I've started trying to do at work is I've tried to have more, like, deli sandwiches, or uh, Brandon actually put me onto this, um, uh, like, I don't really generally like TV dinners at all. They're generally always, like, garbage. But this one brand, I think it's called like Devour or something, actually isn't too bad. So it's like I started having more stuff like that on break. Like it's not necessarily healthy for me, but it has some more of the other nutrients that I've been lacking in. So at least it's helping me carry throughout the day and such. Right. Yeah. It's usually if I have to get snacks at work or something, I'll grab something like um, in one of our vending machines, which we call it the Wheel of Death. Um, okay it's all really cheap food like honestly i don't think it's even real food sometimes um but if i have to like i'll grab usually they'll have like a um like a cheese and sausage links type thing in there uh, or or like a sausage and crackers i'll grab something like that because then i get a mix of the carbs the sugars and the protein 
kind of balanced out between them. Yeah. Um, and usually that'll well, help me get through it. Back. Yeah. And well, and that's, you know, one thing that I'm getting a little bit better about. And actually next week I'm going to be making a big change with my next grocery shopping trip is I want to get it so that I'm really only having large amount of carbs in the morning, like that initial, like your breakfast meal. Um, yeah. but then not having really any carbs throughout the rest of the day. Um, yeah. cause usually, you know, your hungriest moment is usually when you wake up because you've been in sleeping in theory for eight, 10, 12 hours fasting. And so your body has been doing nothing but burning through everything. Um, yeah. So, which is why one of the best like, ways to lose weight is to do that intermittent fasting in the mornings because your body's already in that burning state and you're not adding extra stuff to burn. But of course, with your other health stuff, it makes it a bit more difficult for you to pull that off. Yeah, I unfortunately I had to kind of walk away from intermittent fasting because it was causing more problems than helping. Um, so, so you, you have I, enough other problems that it throws everything out of balance for you, which is right. not easy for you to function on. Nope, you know, and so I've had to figure out how to find balance because, like. You know, there's people out there they can totally cut out all carbs, and that's awesome. It's it's not that you know, and that's another thing is people think carbs are just bad for you. It's not that carbs are bad for you. It's the amount of carbs and what type of carbs yeah. you're consuming. And, I mean, look at like all your snack foods. Literally, almost every single kind of snack food, even most candies and such, have all these freaking carbs in it. It's not that carbs are bad. It's that we literally get it in like every single thing we eat nowadays. Oh yeah, and which well, is why it's always a big thing now. Oh, and almost all of your carbs are very sugar-based. And so yeah. the two things that your body needs the least of is carbs and sugar. Yes, your body needs those, but they don't yeah. need ex obsessive amounts above them. I mean, there are yeah. – granted, there are some people out there who do need high levels of sugar because for whatever reason, their body doesn't naturally produce sugars. I'm obviously I wish the opposite. I was one of those people. I know, Which actually, right? Actually, um, considering how much sugar I actually eat uh, – it was, I want to say, a few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, that mom actually did check what my blood sugar was, just mm. kind of out of curiosity. And I don't remember what it was, but it was in the normal range, which is weird considering how much sugary junk food I eat. What time of day did she check it? Did she check it, like, in the morning or later in the day? I want to say it was in the afternoon after I got off work. Okay. See, because I'd be kind of curious to see, like, if you checked it first thing in the morning after you got up and after you showered before you eat or drink anything, except water, mm -hmm. of course, um, doing a blood sugar check then, and then even possibly checking it, like, middle of the afternoon, and then check it in the evening before you go to bed, just to kind of see what the difference is. Um, yeah. Because you even said that you usually don't eat a full meal till later at yeah. dinner time anyway. So even though... Yes, what you're primarily eating, or at least I'm assuming based on what you said, what you're primarily eating is sugar-based throughout the day. Candy. You're not eating enough of it for it to have that high impact. But then, again, at the same time, you're not getting the other necessary things that you need, like yeah. the proteins and your vitamins yeah. and all that. Yeah, because that's how I stopped. Because, like, you, you could definitely have told, can tell that once I started working at the store that I did start gaining weight. I have oh, a, yeah, you did. A something there. You started putting but on the gut. Un <laughs> unlike you, I stopped a lot sooner because I mm -hmm. did realize like mm, this is happening. So I cut down. I didn't stop entirely, but I seriously cut back how much I was having right. to the point where I actually was actually starting to lose weight. But of course, the scale that mom got is just toast for whatever reason. Just really? Just manufacturing air. 
Yeah, because she got new batteries for it. And it lasted about two days before it gave the low battery error again. And so she got more new batteries for it, thinking, okay, maybe those batteries were dud. Nope, first day she put them in, already still giving that error. Was it the smart scale that she bought? Yep. Really? Because that's the exact same one that she got me as mm-hmm. a birthday gift or as a Christmas gift. It was one of those two. Um, and yeah. I still use that one. Like, I've changed the batteries once in it, and I mm-hmm. have not had any problems with it at all. Yeah, so I think hers, she said, lasted maybe a month before it started having the problems. Yeah, and I've definitely had mine longer than that, because if it was a Christmas or birthday gift, then, well, it's yeah. been at least six to, six to eight months. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but no. So, she, of course, the manufacturer has no contact information for complaining about that kind of thing, so she just left a bad review on it with hopes that the company will notice and contact her about it, going, hey, give me replace this for you, fix it for you. Otherwise, if they don't get back to her at all, then I get to rip it apart, so. Ah, there you go. Well, that's too bad that but, it stopped working, though, because yeah. I like the scale because it measures more than just your weight. It also measures, like, your body mass index and your fat percentage and all that. Uh, if you yeah. stand on it without, like, wearing socks, if it can contact your skin directly, it's able to, like, uh, pull those that information from your body. How it works and how it does it from uh, your skin, I have no freaking clue, yeah. but we all know no, I'm I, never going to know. <laughs> yeah, anatomy was never your strong suit. Nope. Well, yeah. no, otherwise, I like that thing as well because it's like I, I wasn't over obvious about I was using it, but I was I would just go hop on it just to see what I was doing. And I lost like eight pounds in like a month or something just from cutting back on all the sugary junk I was eating. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny to see how much your weight is affected by just like one day of activities or of consuming different stuff. So because I check it. Almost every morning and every night. What are you laughing at? I just had the sudden thought of the person who weighs themselves before they go on the toilet and then afterwards just so they can see how much their poop weighed. Yeah, haven't done that. Um, Um, But I cannot confirm or deny. Oh my gosh. No, but like one of the things that I've done is like I'll when I get up in the morning. I would step on it, see what my what I weighed at, and then at night before I'd go to bed, I would step on it and see what I weighed. Mm-hmm. And I always made sure that I wasn't like had anything in my pockets or wearing anything heavy at that point or shoes or anything because I wanted to keep say, it as accurate as possible. I say don't vary the weight, keep it consistent, kind of thing. Right, and there is always somewhere between a five to seven pound difference between what I weighed in the morning and what I weighed in the evening. And I was doing some research about it, and there's a couple of different reasons why it can be caused. One thing is um, a lot of times, especially with all the artificial foods that we have, you don't realize that you actually have an allergic allergic reaction to foods, which causes you to do stuff like bloating and everything, which can cause you to weigh more just because you have all this air literally like built up in your body that has to get released. Yeah. Um, another thing is, and I don't know Maybe if this one... Fart a lot. Oh, dude. I, I wake myself up in the middle of the night farting. Like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to lay this out there. I, there are days or there are nights, I should say, where I wake up like five or six times throughout the night just because I got to let some gas out. <laughs> like, and, and literally, I'll be like, Oop, there it goes. All right. Fall back asleep. Like, no big deal. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the day you get married. <laughs> You'll be in bed. You'll be like, wait, why is he waking up? If, oh, well, no, no. If I get married. If. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see if it ever happens. <laughs> it's going to say single for life. 
I mean, it's not my desire, but always that possibility. <laughs> but um, so it's like one of those things. Like, if it happens for me, okay, whatever. If otherwise, it's like I got plenty of other things I want to do to fill in my time. I'm not gonna be bored without a girlfriend. So, right? Yeah, I'm definitely not I, I obsessed been, about I it. I haven't been bored for almost 21 years. So that's not true. I've seen you when you're bored, you become highly obnoxious or very depressed. <laughs> Yeah, normally one or the other, or yeah. both. You never know. Yeah, or say, or you'll be like one of those people where it's like your freaking woman on her period, or all of a sudden you're happy one <laughs> second, then someone blinks at you the wrong way, or they don't blink at you at all, and you get pissed off at the world. And and yeah. I'm not saying that to be judgmental because <laughs> I've definitely gone through that phase in my life, and I I think everyone goes through that phase in their life. It's you know just kind of figuring out everything, but that's like a whole nother topic altogether. Uh, yeah. Another theory as far as the whole weighing more at night thing is that um, because gravity is always having a constant effect, it can make your weight shift and cause it to come across heavier in that the evenings. Yeah, I, I, it does make sense. I like, just don't with, know. I'm Honestly, I could even see something that's like the moon being the effect of that because the moon is the moon's gravitational pull is what creates the tides and such so obviously it reaches the earth with no problem so how much does that affect our weight when we weigh ourselves depending on the positioning of the moon right you know and, and you know their logic is is when you're laying flat in a bed your weight's balancing out because you literally you're like on a flat surface it can just kind of flow itself yeah. out and everything um yeah but you know, another thing that I've noticed is that, like, on days that I go for walks and um, don't eat a lot of carbs and everything, the next day I'm always two to three, sometimes four pounds less in weight than I was the day before. But then I also um, will have a day where it's like I ate a more carbs than I would have liked to and I didn't go for a walk. And then the next morning I'll weigh three or four more pounds. So yeah. And I, you know, it just shows how much what you eat really affects your weight. And, you know, for me, it's not just what I'm eating, but it's also the fact that I'm on a very high dosage of insulin, which also just builds a ton of weight on you. Um, and thankfully yeah. getting my blood sugar under control, the amount of insulin that I have to take is gone down significantly and it's still going down because I'm actually waking up with too low of a blood sugar in the mornings. Um, and so, <laughs> so I, I have to keep dropping the insulin levels till everything balances out. Yeah, which is a good thing because it means you're getting more your body more balanced with all of its stuffs and things. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's good overall. How we got yeah. to wait in all of this conversation, <laughs> I don't remember because that was like yeah. al already almost an hour ago <laughs> that we started. Yeah, this has been this has been quite the roller coaster of conversation. We started out talking about I don't remember what. And then we went to talking for a little bit on the PS5. And then we went talking about music stuff, and somehow we went from music stuff to weight and health, and I don't know how that happens. I don't. Not to either. mention our little intermission for, for uh, firecrackers. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe at this point we should transition back into the PlayStation Five, since that's kind of what our main focus was going to be anyway. And that's another thing. So if, okay, we'll get back to the PlayStation, I promise. But just a quick memo. <laughs> he says that now. So if you guys haven't caught on already, this is the season finale of this season of the podcast. This is season two. It's not, it's not like you said it at the beginning or anything. Well, I couldn't remember if I said it before or after we started recording. Um, <laughs> you said it literally at, in the intro. Did I? No. You know. yeah, I think you did, yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
season finale, season two. We're going to take a couple months off just because it's the summer months. Summer's always a lot busier for people or it's just a lot harder to find that free time that you can all get together at one time for everything. Um, Orion, stop singing Summer Lovin'. Um. <laughs> I met a girl crazy for me. Met a boy cute as can be. Someday, drifting away to a summer night. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh. Tell me more, tell me more. Tell me more, did you get very far? Tell me more, tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Watch, now this is going to get copyright notice just because we did a terrible job of seeing Summer Nights. Oh my gosh. No, I think we did bad enough that we'll probably get away with it. Probably. All right, PlayStation 5. I don't know where remember where I was going with that memo because I got distracted, so forget it. You guys know it's season finale. You guys know we're taking a couple <laughs> months off. You guys know we're coming back. Uh, we'll probably come back sometime around September. And yeah, so back to PlayStation 5. So, rude. <laughs> All right, so PlayStation 5. Some key facts that they announced about the whole you know new console. Uh, the Sony PS5 is the next generation PlayStation console, as you guys already know. Oh. Replacing the PS4 Slim and the PS4 Pro. Uh, console, keep in mind, I'm reading some of this off of the actual like press release stuff, so I'm just kind of going through it a little bit. Uh, yeah. When it will release, uh, they announced holiday 2020, so the estimate is that it'll be somewhere between October and December that they want to be able to have it available as a Christmas gift. Uh, yeah. What can you play on it? So there are a lot of games that have been Video announced. Games. What? No way. Video games? Yeah, man. They're, they're, they have this thing called video games. Apparently, they're putting it on the PS5, so no longer. It's not just going to be like a Netflix machine anymore. They're actually going to have video games. What? Uh, but yeah, so there's going to be a lot of games that they've already announced that are going to be a part of it. Um, there is not a new Spider-Man game, but there is a Spider-Man DLC that will be coming out with the PlayStation 5 that makes Miles Morales the Spider-Man character in the Spider-Man video game, which I'm really excited about. Because if you've seen Spider-Man um, into the Spider-Verse, Spider Honestly, I think I like Miles Morales a lot more than I do uh, 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 what's-his-face, Peter Parker. I don't know why I'm forgetting names right now. Probably, uh, apparently. Probably yeah. again. No, that's like, I was going to say probably again because like, I haven't slept a lot. So that's usually yeah, what happens. Yeah. But no, that, that is actually a common thing I've heard. Is I know a lot of people who like the Spider-Man universe and such actually like Miles Morales more than Peter Parker. I think that's actually a common thing I've seen a lot. Yeah, well, and you know what the way that they did Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, they did such an incredible job introducing his version of Spider-Man and all the other Spider-Mans because obviously you have several universes colliding as one in this. Uh, and honestly, yeah. I am really looking forward to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse 2, uh, which they did announce is in production. Honestly, I'd be totally okay if it takes them a few years for them to come out with it because I want them to do just as good, if not better, of a yeah. job as they did with the first one. Because let's be honest, it's the first time Sony didn't totally screw up Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, but we also what we got to do, Travis, is when it comes out, we have to get the disc. We have to put it into a PS4 and get it stuck. No. 
Because <laughs> at this point, I'm not going to own another PS4. Yeah, but I probably will at some point. I probably won't because they already confirmed that PS4 will eventually be backwards compatible with all PlayStation 4 games. And I mean, PS5 will be backwards compatible. I saw what you were going to do there. I saw that smirk on your face. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, Spider-Man, new Spider-Man DLC, uh, a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel will be coming out with the PS5. There will be a Demon's Soul remake, Resident Evil 8, some new Star Wars games. Uh, from what they've shown off and listed, a lot of big names. they say there's a lot of big games coming, which for me, that's honestly the main reason I want the PlayStation is I love story driven games and PlayStation. I honestly believe does a heck of a lot better job with original story games than Xbox does. Yeah. Um, and well, I think that's fair, Xbox doesn't really have any of its own kind of games anymore. That's like their generic shooters they throw out every year. Well, all Xbox really has as far as original game stories goes is halo obviously um and they do still have halo stuff in development they just don't come out quite as frequently because um bungie doesn't do just halo anymore it also does destiny yeah Um, and destiny got a lot more popular for all that yep well and i think people just got sick of halo which i totally get i never cared for it much in the first place and then it just kind of got bleh see i think people still loved halo the problem was i think as they were coming out with more games they were they lost a lot of quality in the process because they started just like pushing them out just because, Oh, it's a new halo game. And then people yeah. just weren't, weren't having it. Yeah. I say, I think otherwise the other franchise that is really like Xbox exclusive. And I don't know if it still is. And that's the gears of war franchise. Yeah. I never got into that. So I don't, I don't really know much about its franchise or anything to be, to be fair. I've never really played a lot of Xbox in general. So I don't really know what a lot of their big individual names would be. Right. Well, I know I I own, I think, the remastered version of the first Gears of War game. I haven't played it at all. I bought like three Xbox games when I got the Xbox that I have. And I've still to this day never played more than one of them, I think. Because that's one of them was Assassin's Creed. (laughs) And I think that's honestly the only game that I consistently play on the Xbox. Yeah. Honestly, that's more probably more just because their PC ports are generally garbage. That's because true. they just like they throw it through like a quick like process or whatever and it just comes out broken and buggy. Yeah, and like, I'll be honest, their PlayStation versions are still better because I'm pretty sure they develop primarily for PlayStation and then they just port <laughs> everything for Xbox and PC. Yeah. Which is a very lazy way to do it, but it is, but it's Ubisoft. They have how many freaking game franchises and studios they can get away with just about anything because they're Ubisoft. Yep. So Which is why people don't care for the series as much anymore. But people are hyped for uh Valhalla, so Yeah, that'll be kinda interesting to see how that turns out. I still need to get through Rogue and kinda get caught up with everything, but I also want to get caught up with Watch Dogs, which I own too, but it's for the PlayStation and the PlayStation's broken, so Yeah. Yeah, I see it over there on the shelf. Like I said, I think the only reason I'll end up buying a PS5 is just because there's a lot of games that I'd like to be able to play with it. Yeah. Because I already, also because I already own the games, I just don't have anything to play them on. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, I would like to be able to stream more so I could just get through some more of these games faster. It's like, if I could stream during the day when I'm not as tired like I am in the evenings, it would be much easier to do more streams that are like five to eight hours long. Right. rather than in the evening where i get my three hours in and then i'm just like ready to like pass out and die so. 
You mean eventually you want to be able to do your 12-hour stream days? <laughs> that would be nice. And honestly, like, if I could just, like, financially sit and just spend, like, a year doing nothing but streaming, like, five days a week for 12 hours yeah. each day, that would be a great way to grow. Because that is what um, uh, Clint Stevens did. I think that was, yeah, I think it was Clint Stevens, yeah. I'll take you to record it. Um, uh, he was very popular in Ocarina of Time speedrunning, and he was actually one of the top record holders for the 100% category for the longest time. Which is why I um, have no idea who he is, because it's not my yeah. thing at all. <laughs> yeah. By the time I actually learned about him, he had already quit streaming. Um, but w literally, how he got popular is literally seven days a week, for 12 hours each day, he would spend doing like nothing but grinding Ocarina of Time 100%. And so he put in so much time and effort into his work that he grew so quickly on Twitch. And eventually, I want to say it was after a couple of years, finally, he was just completely burned out and was just done and just couldn't keep going with it anymore. So he actually ended up quitting both speedrunning and streaming. Though I want to say it was last year or the year before, he actually came back just it with significantly less time put into it. It's now right. more of an occasional thing he does. He does a little bit, I think, Mario sixty four speedrunning now. But makes sense. But no, he, but no, he worked his ass off to get to being huge on Twitch. But putting the, all that time and effort really helped him grow a lot. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it'd be cool if you were able to do like a stream, you know, every night or every other night or something. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't remember what your stream schedule is. You know, I see your yeah. notifications when they pop up, but I'm usually in bed sleeping when you're streaming. So. Yep, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. So yeah, I do like a Except, yeah, I do like a a Friday after the podcast type stream. Yeah, well, the problem with that is that I work at seven the next morning. So you don't sleep anyway. Yes, but there's a difference between being very actively up late and mildly up late. Oh, that's when funny. I'm in bed watching random YouTube videos. I can be half asleep and fall asleep at any moment. I can't do that while I'm streaming. I have to be more well, active and awake. Actually, you can, because there's totally <laughs> been people who have fallen asleep while streaming, and that alone has been what's gotten them some popularity. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah, totally I, why Alex should stream because if he falls asleep in the middle of the stream, it's going to draw attention. <laughs> the thing is, like that can actually get you banned off of Twitch as well. You're not allowed to do sleep streams on Twitch. So. Well, that's lame. It's, it's, it's against TOS, you know? Uh... Otherwise, and that's the thing, is I want to be more interactive on streaming and such, and if I'm completely dead tired, it's almost impossible to be that way. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, PlayStation 5. What will the PS5 <laughs> cost be? <laughs> I, I promise we're going to get through all this PlayStation 5 stuff, even though it's going to be an extra Actually. long podcast. Uh, and, so... and say, that's one of the big things that's annoying people about the ps5 is that as far as i'm aware they still have not released a price for it nope they have not released any price for it uh you know they're making some guesses that uh because the ps4 and ps4 pro were both around 400 dollars at launch they expect the playstation 5 will cost somewhat more just because the hardware is significantly better um i say some... just with hardware specifications i wouldn't be surprised seeing it somewhere around 600 I say a lot of people are estimating a minimum of 500. Yeah. Especially depending on the model, because you know they come out with multiple models of the console and everything. Yeah. Um, Which is why so many people skip the first model and wait for them to come out with the pro model. Great. 
you know, and another question that's come up is, you know, has the coronavirus delayed the PlayStation 5 release? And Sony did confirm that it has um, not delayed it at the moment, that right now they're still on track for the release of holiday 2020, um, which is something that I noticed kind of interesting now is that companies don't give months and years for releases. They just say stuff like holiday 2020, which opens up the entire year around a holiday for them to release everything. That's what they did with the new yeah. Assassin's Creed game too. They haven't announced when it's coming out. It just says holiday 2020. And because Thanks. it's probably built for PlayStation 5, my guess is, is it'll come out at the same time as PlayStation 5. Yeah. Uh, but I just think well, it's... Kind of launch titles. Yeah, you know, and I think it's just kind of an interest... Well, it's not so much an interesting way, but almost like a, a bit of a manipulative way to do your marketing. Which yeah. I guess that's all marketing. Excited for it. I say it gets people excited for it without a set in stone date that you have to be in, be done by. You have a kind of like a generic area you can work with. Right. It gives you, it gives you more elbow room essentially, but yeah. while still getting people excited for it. No, and that totally makes sense. You know, and I like I said, I guess from a company standpoint, that's smart. I just don't know if I agree with it from like a moral standpoint. I mean, I don't think there's technically anything wrong with it. Either way, the game's going to take however long it takes to make. Right. So it's like, it's going to be done whenever it's done. And I, I certainly don't want the people to feel rushed. I don't want them to push out a product too early and have it as garbage. I would rather end up waiting to a later time for a more finished and more quality done product rather than being like, oh, no, we have a week till the due date. We just got to shove this thing out there and call it good. I would rather them have that kind of extra wiggle room that go hey, it'd be nice if we release this now, but we need a little bit more time, so let's push a few weeks back kind of thing. I would be, I would, would rather have let them have that wiggle room rather than being like, no, it has to be released on the 20th, not a second later. Right. Well, and the only, uh, I, I don't disagree with your thought process behind that. The only thing I do disagree with was the huge disappointment that we had in Ubisoft with the first Watch Dogs release after they super hyped all this different stuff about the game. And then they pushed back the release date saying they needed more time. And then when they released it, it's like all the stuff you were looking forward to in that game was removed from the game altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Ubisoft, great at trailers, sucks at games. They do. Like, honestly, that's the thing is they're great at the cinematic quality as far as like your visual qualities. Yeah. They are good at developing stories to a point. Mm-hmm. I I think my biggest uh, complaint about Ubisoft stories is they are very redundant. Um, when it yeah. comes to actual gameplay, you end up being looped into the same thing over and over again for the game. Yeah. And then the story itself only takes up like 15 to 20 percent of the full game altogether. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, look at look at um. Uh... Assassin's Creed games, you have like eight different types of quests a million times throughout the game. So, oh yeah, yeah, and that—that's the why I almost never do side quests. I only do the side quests that I need to to level up my character to get through the main story. Otherwise, which I... is why, I, which is why I never beat back Black Flag because one, I already didn't care for the ship mechanic. Two, you're required to do extra stuff in order just to continue with the story part of the game because you're physically just not capable of completing the game otherwise. Right, which you probably wouldn't care for Rogue too much then, because really it's just Black Flags moving on in the story. Yeah, yeah, it's no. like sixty years after Black Flags or something like that is where the story the story picks up. Yeah, I want to say I'm at like 75, 80 percent of the way through Syndicate, 
But honestly, part of the problem with trying to keep up with that is it's so freaking repetitive. It's hard to keep playing for long periods of time. Oh, yeah. As much as I love the Assassin's Creed franchise, the redundancy to it is bad. And, you know, it's the same thing with Watch Dogs. Is Watch Dogs is very redundant as well. Um, Which apparently it did get better with Origins, but I've just never actually gotten to playing Origins because it's like I feel like I want to keep going through the story. But to get there, it just takes so long. Well, if you wanted to give it a try, it's free this weekend. So, yeah, but then I'd have to try and make room to install it. And Origins isn't a small game, so no. and I already have like no hard drive space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another thing with the PlayStation that people are making a big deal about is that its current release date traje- trajectory is that it'll compete with the new Xbox model as well because xbox isn't really coming out with a new console as much as they're coming out with a new upgraded model of the xbox one um and so it's estimated that the playstation will come up around the same time to compete with xbox um so i have i have a feeling that xbox is kind of going to more rather than oh we're going to completely redesign the wheel every time to more of a we're just going to get this a facelift and a hardware boost and we're going to keep it kind of the same now we think i think they found a setup that they like and they want to stick with right and that makes sense. I mean, it's like when you build a computer, you just kind of yeah. upgrade things as you go until you hit that point where you are maxed out hardware-wise and you need to do a fresh build. Yeah. So not everybody can be like Nintendo and just create something completely new and different every year. So. Well, you know, good old it's Nintendo. One, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite things about Nintendo is like they started off NES. Simple, effective, fun. SNES. Excellent design upgrades. N64. What the heck is this controller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that controller. Let's <laughs> say. And then they went from that to the block. GameCube. One of the best Nintendo systems. That is true. And then they went on to the Wii, which is a good upgrade from the GameCube just hardware-wise. Actually, had almost it literally had both Wii hardware and GameCube hardware in it. That's how it did its backwards compatibility. But then they brought the Wii Emotes, which is one of their weirdest things they ever did. But it worked so well. It was the gimmick that made the Wii their top-selling console. Right. And then they did the Wii U, which they tried to essentially upgrade the Wii, and it was like a whole flop. Essentially, the Wii U is just the best way to play your Wii games. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it came down to. And then the Switch was their next big jump. Yeah. And again, the Switch, they brought... They literally, they made their mainstream console a mobile gaming platform and it it, it's such a huge leap for a a top system like that and the thing is it works so successfully too and the joy cons have excellent gyros in them the biggest complaint with the joy cons is that they were odd to hold in your hands and then of course they had the problem with the joy con drifting right i say i think the thing i find the funniest about the switch is that you know Nintendo's always been like your top end mobile console because they've lasted the longest as far as mobile gaming goes. Um, oh yeah, because the PlayStation like, player didn't last that long. And I'd say that, like the Vita is technically still around, but it really is nobody talks about it. Right. Yeah, uh, and then, Xbox I don't, never really had anything. I don't no. think. Well, and then the only person that really tried to compete with them as far as mobile gaming was NVIDIA when they released the NVIDIA Shield. But the Shield kind of flopped and hit rock bottom, even though really in a lot of ways, the Switch is the Shield, but just for Nintendo exclusively rather than PC games overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest complaint people had on the Switch, though, is that games designed to be 
literally designed for the Switch occasionally would have hardware problems. Um, like, if you play Breath of the Wild, there's a certain area of the map that's, like, really jungly and sunshiny and stuff. And literally, I can watch my frame rate drop in the game when I'm in that area, even right. though the game was designed for the Nintendo Switch. Like, in a lot of ways, it was also designed for the Wii U. But the Switch version is supposed to be better, and it's like... Like, yeah, it is better in a lot of ways, but it's still kind of odd that it's kind of choppy at moments. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's not like it was designed to be, like, on all these different platforms. It's specifically designed to operate on this one or two systems that it was specifically designed for. So you'd think it would be a bit more better optimized on that. But but Breath of the Wild was also a huge leap compared to previous Zelda titles. So. Yeah, definitely. I say I think Breath of the Wild was probably the first Zelda game I'd had any interest in as far as Zelda games go since, you know, the original NES games. Because, I mean, I've never been big into the Zelda franchise, but I would say Breath of the Mild was definitely an attention grabber. Breath of the Mild. Breath of the Mild. He didn't have his hot, <laughs> spicy buffalo chicken mix. You can make spicy food in it, though. Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole cooking thing that you go for making foods that give you different like benefits for like health, speed, stamina, strength, and such. So they brought more of the like role-playing game aspect into it with the yep. crafting yep. skills and. I say there is actually a lot of different little RPG elements to it. Like there isn't straight up like a stat system to it. The only things you can really upgrade is your heart containers and your stamina wheel. But and that's that is one thing that's definitely a huge improvement in Breath of the Wild compared to Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword had introduced the stamina wheel, but it was so short, you always felt like you were dragging ass everywhere. And the <laughs> ability to expand your stamina wheel in Breath of the Wild made it so much easier to travel everywhere. That, and they added the like little sail you can float around on, and that made it traveling a lot of fun. Right. That makes sense. Still my favorite two Zelda games, though. Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess. Yeah. Also... Weirdly, the darkest storylines in all of Zelda games, so maybe I just have a theme going there. Well, you and I do tend to be the ones that really enjoy dark thriller-type stories when it comes to content that we enjoy. Yeah. That See, or like very sci-fi manipulative just... stuff. Yeah. So I like the dark stuff, just not horror-level dark horror. Nope. I'm just going to nope out of that. You don't want to play that one Resident Evil game that never came out? Um oh, okay. Well, it came out, but they totally changed like the whole... The Resident Evil, I think it's seven. Biohazard or something like that. Yeah, Seven Biohazard, or where they like, changed from being that little third-person game to suddenly first-person. This is completely different from all of our previous games. Yeah, well, and honestly, it's the first Resident Evil game I would say I actually had any interest in because of the like gameplay aspect change to it. Yeah, and this even has VR, so you can shit your pants in first-person. <laughs> Well, moving on from that, <laughs> uh, PlayStation 5 specs, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, the specs, uh, CPU has an AMD Zen 2 based CPU with 8 cores at 3.5 gigahertz, um, the GPU is called a 10.28 T-flops with 36 Qs at 2.23 gigahertz. Um, so it looks like it's a custom graphics card system altogether that's exclusively their own, um, yeah. which doesn't surprise me. That's actually pretty common for most console systems. Yeah. Um, the memory, they have 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 256-bit RAM, which I'm pretty sure GDDR6 is your like highest-end RAM at the moment. 
I think so, yeah. Because I have, I think I have GDDR4 in my Yeah, DDR4 is like your standard you get for PCs nowadays. Yep, and that's what... It's your standard option. I don't want to say the DDR6 is what you go for, like, the the top-of-the-line stuff. Like, that's your, like, super expensive stuff you go for if you want absolute optimal performance right now. Yeah, and I know that the uh, RAM that I got for Dad for his computer is 4. Yeah. Most, Most motherboards and stuff you get now are only compatible with 4 or above nowadays anyway yeah unless you go for a lower end motherboard you're not going to have something that's compatible with ddr3 uh recently Jaden just upgraded his motherboard and cpu and he actually didn't take that into account and he built it all up and then realized that he actually needed to get new ram because he only had the ddr3 ram and his computer needed the the motherboard that he had gotten only supported ddr4 and so he had to go out and get new ram for it before he could actually boot it up nice (laughs) Yeah. Uh, see, the memory bandwidth runs at 448 gigabytes per second. Um, internal storage. So this one, this is something they've made a big deal about is the fact that the uh, SSD hard drive that they have for the PlayStation is exclusive to the PlayStation itself. It was developed specifically for the PS5. You can't go and buy it anywhere or get anything like it. It's just a custom 825 gigabyte SSD designed specifically for the PS5. Um, as far as what makes that fancy, other than it's got its own brand name, I have no idea because there hasn't been any details really released about it. There's plenty of speculation out there about it, but there's like but no hard thing facts. About it, I say it's hard to find information about something that's exclusive, so exclusive like that. But only 825 gigs. Well, and that's the interesting thing is they the PlayStation Five will have an expandable storage with an SSD card slot. So you could go out and buy another SSD drive to add to the PlayStation 4 hard drive space. Another thing that I know that they've made a big deal about is using the cloud-based systems for storage a lot more, which that's just kind of where technology is today. Everything runs off a cloud nowadays, um, or at least a very large extent of it. For something like my games, I don't know if I'd want that, because what if my internet goes out? What am I doing then? I wouldn't even be able to play my offline games. Like, what? Read a book. Uh, no, I got too many games to play, man. <laughs> yeah, but I also know you used to read a lot more than you do now, so I know that you're capable. <laughs> shh, minor details. Don't shh me. Dude, you used to read more books than I do. Or did, I should say. Because, let's be honest, I was the one who read the most at first, and then you definitely, yeah. like, took over on who read the most, and then I kind of faded to where you are now, where you just don't read anything. And then yeah. I've gotten back into reading. Like, I read a lot now. I usually I'm reading eight or nine books at a time. Um, I think I finished the eighth book of the year just last week or earlier this week. And I still, I'm only like, of the books I'm reading, I only have like 15 to 20% left on like two or three of them. So I'll be done with them probably over the weekend. Yeah. But yeah, read a book, man. It's good for you. Builds character. I'm just trying to find time to beat all my games, man. Well, but when you don't have that time because you don't have those resources, like what did you? What would you do if the power went out? Besides, uh, curl up in a ball and cry. I would grab my 3ds, which has its own power battery, and I'd just play that. <laughs> yeah, with your luck, you'd or forget you to have it charged. Uh, actually, it's sitting over on the charger right now. So, power surge mm-hmm. knocks out the power. It's in a surge protector. Is it in a surge protector? 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 
I broke my glasses on purpose so I could tape them together. <laughs> that not to mention the fact I can always go grab my Game Boy and throw in Tetris and I'll be entertained for hours. Uh, read a book. Um, <laughs> now, now I feel like uh, what's his face? Uh, the TV show Pawn Stars, the dad, not the old man, but the the dad of the younger kids. Uh, but he's yeah. always telling his kids like, read a book, like get over it. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Besides the external storage being able to um, have the SSD slot, it also will support a USB hard drive that will support PS4 games only. Which I find kind of interesting. I don't know they, how they would limit it. Officially, only support PS4 games. You know, people are going to abuse that, and they're going to oh, yeah. find a way to crack it. Definitely. Like, I mean, seriously, the, the Nintendo Wii security system for everything got defeated by a pair of tweezers for crying out loud. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, literally, I saw. I watched like a twenty-minute YouTube video on how they cracked the security on the Wii. And it literally was just by somebody on the board with a pair of tweezers. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I uh, love nerds. Sometimes. Hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's the optical drive, which is a 4K ultra high def Blu-ray drive. Yeah. So, which really isn't that different from what everything else has, other than it's an ultra HD, not just a regular HD. Yeah. It's still just by design. It looked like it was more of an afterthought rather than an original design plan for it. Right. Because it looks so like planted on the side of the thing compared to it actually being like integrated into its shapely design. That makes sense. I say I'm looking at this. One of the concepts for why the SSD is such a big deal for the PS5 is they wanted it to be able to allow for bigger open worlds where there wouldn't have to be... Um, as many limitations on everything they wanted it to be able to allow for less load screens um, or little yeah. to no load screens at all because you know SSDs just they have more bandwidth they load faster they can hold more content in its catch than a regular hard drive can so in theory it doesn't need to have that refresh of loading yeah. new content quite as much um, yeah I'd say that's why large spaces of RAM are so important it's because when it's something that's held in RAM, it's always ready to be accessed. It doesn't have to go digging through it from a drive to access that. But also with stuff like SSDs and stuff coming the commonplace for everything, those are also significantly faster to read. So you don't necessarily have to hold as much in RAM. It's much easier. You can still quickly pull pluck it out of the hard drive nowadays. Right. Well, and I know another big thing that the PlayStation supporting is um, more support for ray tracing, which is kind of a more it's. It's not so much a newer technology as much as it's just something that's being used a lot more in future games um, because it's yeah. supposed to create that more realistic element of stuff like your audio, your global illumination, your shadows, your reflections, your lighting in general. It's supposed to be able to bring more detail into it. Uh, yeah. And one thing is that apparently um, when Epic Games was working, because Epic Games also announced the uh, Unreal Engine 5 just before the PS5 announcement came out. Uh, yeah. And I guess, actually, Epic Games kind of announced the PS5 because they, when they announced the Unreal Engine 5, they made a big deal about how it was um, designed for like supporting the PS5 and everything. Um, yeah. But apparently Epic Games, they, you know, they had their big tech demo and everything because Epic Games, another one of those companies, great with cinematic quality. Um, 
Apparently, they had to rebuild their tech demo after finally getting full access to a PlayStation 5 because they did they hadn't even like touched the ability that the console could handle with everything. They had to actually up their game with their tech demo because they were so far behind. I'm like, now that's just crazy though. And you have to take Epic Games, which is one of your biggest graphic heavy, you know, companies out there and make them scale things up because you superseded everything that they could do. That that yeah. says a lot. Oh uh, yeah. So. Epic Games Store still sucks though. I don't know. They give away free games all the time, so yeah. That's pretty much the only reason I use them. Yeah, I mean, I well, and since I use the Unreal Engine, I have to use the Epic Games Store for everything because it's all interlinked with each other. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I don't use the Unreal Engine, so I don't have that problem. You will. But I was I... literally like, the one exclusive game that was that was the whole reason I got the Epic Games Store and everything. It's just released on Steam, I think today actually, and so I literally don't need Epic Games for anything anymore, except for the fact that I got all these free games from it, so I might as well keep it. Yeah, so that's how I have like Civilization Six now and everything is because it was a free release on Epic Games. Yep. Uh, so the other big thing about the PlayStation is apparently they're coming out with a new controller design. And looking at the picture for it, it's really not that new as far as like visually. I think it's a little bit bigger, it kind of looks like. Um, actually, I can... So that you can see it a little bit better. I mean, I have seen pictures of it, but... I say this is the new PlayStation 5 controller. And if you guys uh, obviously can't see it because you're listening to the podcast, uh, Google it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it, it pretty much just looks like they took the PS4 controller, made it a bit more shapely mm -hmm. and futuristic looking. Yep. Otherwise, for the most part, it looks like it's the same controller. It has the same four face buttons on the right as the D-pad, the individual D-pad buttons that I absolutely hate on the left. It's got your two uh, joysticks at the bottom, your start and select button, and then it looks like it still has that um, uh, like touchpad in the top middle of it. As well, obviously, you still have your right and left bumper, your triggers and such. Yeah, so looking at this, it seems like the biggest difference that they're planning on making is making like your trigger buttons, your uh, left, your L2 and R2 shoulder buttons are going to be more adaptive or I guess more sensitive. So that way you have yeah. a little bit more like freedom and control over different things that they trigger. Um, yeah. Which, which is a thing that the PS4 and the Xbox controllers do have. I'm guessing that just means they're going to be upping its quality. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And then another thing it says on here is that the controller will actually have a microphone built inside of it so you could eliminate needing a headset with a mic if you're gaming with friends on the console. Yeah, I definitely see that being nice. Yep, they got rid of the share button, which, I mean, I guess I really didn't use it that much unless I had an epic moment in, like, GTA Five and I wanted to share it with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, create button... So yeah. essentially going to be in the same spot to share button, but I'm guessing new stuff. Still intended for gameplay content to share with the world. Sony is teasing more details about this button ahead of the console launch. So they'll probably mention more about it um, eventually, maybe, possibly. Maybe. Who knows? So, but yeah, so like overall, it looks like, you know, the console could be pretty nice. Um you know, we've kind of already talked about games that are coming out with it. You know, a lot of they're saying a lot of games um, from like studios like Capcom and Bethesda 
were announced or are going to be announced. Um, How long do you think it'll take for them to announce Skyrim for the PS5? Um, I give it a couple of months before it comes out. <laughs> so, like, any time now. <laughs> yeah. I say, I because you know what's going to happen. Skyrim is released for everything. Skyrim is released released for, like, a freaking toaster. I mean, literally, they actually have a release for your Samsung smart fridge. Oh, yeah, you can do it with your Amazon Alexa, too. You can do voice gaming with it. Yeah. It's like, literally, Skyrim is on everything. Yeah, I mean, Skyrim's a fun game. I don't know that it's... Well, it's not one that I'll ever beat, just because it's so much to it. I technically didn't beat the game, but I consider it beat. Because I played through it up to the point they tell you to kill Parthenax, and I'm like, no. He helped me a lot. I'm not killing him. That's stupid. Oh my god! And so I'm like, and technically you've already seen the credits by that point, so technically you beat the game, so... So you're so just I'm like, as far as, as far as I'm... Hey, if you look at it, any speedrun, pretty much, this, what is considered completish, com, uh, 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 completion it is whatever it is triggers the final credits. What Generally, if any sort of credit scene or anything is considered the end of the game. And so following that standard, once you beat Alduin, you get the credits, and then they tell you to kill Parthenax. So at that point, I've considered I've beaten the game. Oh my gosh. Orion with his loyalty. <laughs> hey, that dragon helped me a lot. Oh, and at is that, that point, your dragon? They... I didn't know it was a dragon. I never made it that far in the game, so. Yeah, I say Alduin was the dragon that was the world eater that was trying to destroy the world. Parthenax was the one friendly dragon that was teaching you more about the shouts and stuff and how to defeat Alduin. Uh, okay. And then, and then literally the I think it's the companions or whatever I think it's what they're called. After you beat Alduin, are like. Well, in order to completely eradicate all the dragons, you need to kill Parthenax. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, that. at that point, you're just being racist. <laughs> and rage quit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, all, like the, only, the only reason I played through Skyrim was for like the main story stuff. I didn't care about doing the millions of side quests. Right. Which I, I generally don't with most games, which is why I'm not such a big fan of like Skyrim as a lot of other people are. I'm not a big side quest guy. Which why i'm not such a big fan of skyrim it's like i played through the story it was it for me it was fun i'm not probably never going to go back to it so yeah it makes sense but everyone has their thing and for some people it's releasing skyrim on every possible platform well you know maybe they're bored maybe they're <laughs> they all to... single that's maybe that's what it is <laughs> what they need to do is they just need to Continue freaking working on Elder Scrolls Six for crying out loud! <laughs> oh, it's probably a different production team altogether because they own like eight different studios. Now it's just like, oh my gosh, nobody wants to see Skyrim anymore. <laughs> yeah, do do a remake of Morrowind. People would love that. Probably won't happen. Probably not, no, because this is what the people want, and Todd Howard will never let that happen. Yeah. He's just going to give him more Skyrim. Some people. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, Sorry, I got distracted by a meme where it's someone that uh, posted a picture of different levels of 
uh, how you eat your, your, your chicken. So like level one is you just took a little bit of a bite out of your, and it's like your, you know, uh, chicken nuggets with the bones and like all that. Um, so like pieces of chicken, like fried chicken. Yeah. Like fried chicken. Uh, I could show you, I could just show you the picture. Um, that's like, that's definitely not a nugget. No, it's not. I, I read someone said nuggets in one of the comments as I was, uh, talking, but like you got your number one where it's like, Oh, you took a oh. nibble out of it. Number two. Oh, Oh, you're not, you're not done. Three. Oh, come on, man. Just finish it Four. seriously, dude, like lick it off five. That's true completion. And then, and then, yeah. and then, and then you look at this comment as for what their level would be. Oh no. Oh no. And, and, and then <laughs> this was the response. <laughs> just leave, leave. Cause this is a private <laughs> Facebook group. So, <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at that, and honestly, like, looking down at that chart, I'd probably be probably four. Um, I'm probably between a four and a five. I say, I, I think I reside pretty close around a four, and honestly, anyone who's a one does not deserve to have wings. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 that's not even a deer <laughs> for reference somebody commented that saying this is a chart that goes one through five and then somebody said six is below all of them it's when you just eat the bone as well using every part of the deer that way it's not even a deer it's a freaking chicken how do you where is the deer in all of this yeah yeah that that's just yeah that's michael for you <laughs> oh gosh it, 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 the, the, the people in this group were all people I worked for with the dance company. And uh, yeah, but that, 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 that's Michael. <laughs> that's Michael. Oh yeah. Uh, people with Michael are always with the name. Michael are always kind of out there a little bit. I mean, just Google search, Michael Reeves. You'll find all sorts of chaos there. Rather not. <laughs> Come on. He made a screaming Roomba. Nope. I'll pass hard pass. <laughs> come on uh well guys this has been fun uh obviously this podcast is a little bit longer than normal but it's a season finale so the yeah. that's what you expect it's also been quite a freaking ride we've i think we bounced between more topics than this than any other one so far yeah we've jumped definitely jumped all over the place with this one and just imagine if everyone else had been here oh gosh we, we would never have gone to talking about the ps5 no we would just be thinking about getting to talking about the playstation 5 and then we'd still get distracted by something else first probably (laughs) but it's been a good time guys uh if you guys enjoy the podcast definitely feel free to share it with all your friends uh like i said it will come back probably around september is when we'll uh start the next season as summer's kind of starting to hit that fade point and we're going back to somewhat normal lives probably not no one lives a normal life in this group but we're going to pretend like we're going to try um as far we're as we're not gonna be out showing off our summer beach bodies oh, yeah i don't have one of those yet um uh, neither do i but uh yeah as far as keeping up with it uh you know we'll post uh stuff on our podcast platforms uh if anything we'll probably do a little bit of a teaser for it uh before we start season three uh, as well as if you follow probably just me on social media, which you can find all that info in the episode descriptions, um, 
you'll kind of find announcements about too. Our goal when we relaunch is to have it a little bit more consistent as far as our type type topics as well as uh, maybe actually make you guys like social media pages for liking and following it and all that fun stuff. Yep. And we got to enjoy talking about all those hot topics. <laughs> I'm going to laugh hysterically if we actually remember to incorporate that into the new season. That would be amazing. It's just becomes like the new thing for it it's just the new intro it's just pops up like a splash screen if we do like a video portion of stuff and not just the audio one where it's just hot <laughs> see we'll, what we'll do is we'll have we'll have our intro for the podcast because you know we're gonna ha- be having the uh let's have a gird talk uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we'll have our main intro but then we'll have like a specific section where we just go over the latest news or something and that'll be the hot topics <laughs> I've kind of organized it like how uh, Dude Perfect has their podcast thing set up, where they have like four different segments to each podcast. Yeah, I say that. I mean, maybe not four segments, but I definitely yeah. want to have it a little bit more organized. <laughs> not quite as chaotic as we've been. Nope, but you know, this is the first time that. Well, it's not the first time. It's the first time in a while that a bunch of us have come together to do a podcast. This is definitely the most uh, simplified version that we've done because. The first time, the first two times that we did podcasts, and you, I don't think you were a part of the first nope. two at all. Nope. I was um, never a part of Pact. Yep, you weren't part of Pact at all. Um, but that's partially because we were actually doing it in the same physical location. We did it in Pulaski. We actually were doing it as a video talk show, just with the podcasting aspects as part of it, um, which took a lot more I was- work. I say you guys did consider having me a part of it that the big problem at the time is I want to say I was only just turned 16 around that time and so I was like only just had my license and such and so staying out super late to go out and do the podcast with you guys or something by myself wasn't really a a hot idea on our mother's mind so whereas like now nobody would care but yeah at the time it wasn't really a hot thing yeah, and I don't think I lived at home at that point either. I think that was when I was no. living in Green Bay the first time. And so I it's not so, like yeah. you could just go with me at all. Because if you had been able to just yeah. go with me, they probably wouldn't have cared as much. Yeah. Just but because were, I was the older they, brother. And, you know, that's what we do is we take our little brothers along for the fun ride. And yeah, <laughs> we do stupid things. And we teach them yeah. stupid things and hope that they don't tell on us. Say <laughs> yeah. like if you had like your own apartment by yourself or something, I don't think mother would have minded as much me just staying with you. But at that time, you had all the different roommates and such. Yeah, and, and she didn't know any about of them. them and... Yeah, she would never have allowed me to stay at that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. When you live with four other guys, it makes for an interesting experience. Yeah, I wouldn't know, but sure you do. I've lived with three other ones, but they're all family, so it doesn't really count the same. Family. Family. Maui. No, unless you want to count, like, the time at, like, uh, winter camp when there was, like, six of us all in one cabin. Oh, my gosh. And you met good old Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting introduction. For reference, these cabins had about, I think, six beds in them? I think it varied, no. but yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I want to say it was like five beds, but these were bunk beds. So there was like a total of like 10 to 12 beds in each cabin. They were just bunk beds. And I was in a cabin with my dad. We literally, we walked into the cabin. And the first thing we see is we look to the right. And our friend Thomas was literally in a full suit with a nice briefcase laying flat on the ground underneath his bed on the floor. And to this like, day, Thomas still does weird things like that. <laughs> yep. 
And it's just like, yeah, you, you okay down there? He's like, yep, no, I'm good. And he just stayed there the whole time we were unpacking. It's like, okay. Yeah, because none of us had even met Thomas at that point. So that was like your first occurrence with him. It's like, I'm just trying to imagine what dad's facial expression was when he's just like, what the fuck? It was kind of a, um, like, what? Okay. Um, sure. Okay. I'm not, not going to question this, but okay. Especially for him, because it would have been awkward. He was one of the youth leaders. And, like, he didn't know half the kids because we were teamed up with the youth group that we like i think i was the only one out of us who really knew anyone that was a part of it so yeah because at that point i already knew the weeds i knew casey well i didn't know them that well but i hadn't met them before and like interacted with them yeah i say you are already good fairly good acquaintances with them so i say i think the only person i actually knew really well from the other group at that time was probably probably sandy and that was only like the second or third time we'd ever actually met so but it solidified our friendship because that's the same weekend that I broke my ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and she yeah. didn't like the cold, so she spent most of her time inside with me. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Good times. You make friends in the oddest places. This is true. And you know what? I would say that their friends that we made at that camp are the friends I've kept the longest. So, Well, there you go. Because I still know Casey and Sandy and... I was going to say Nick, but Nick didn't actually go to that camp. Um, yeah, he was never there. Good old Jack Ambrosius. Oh, uh, yeah. The ginger. Everyone's favorite ginger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The one who was on the pamphlet. Yep. Hey, they're still up there 24-7. Him and Nikki are full-time staff up there now, so. Nice. They have been I for say, a few it, years now. I say, isn't one of the Lawrence's up there as well? I think so, yeah. Dude, not that this matters to the podcast at all, and we're kind of just spewing at this point, but, like, <laughs> so many of the Lawrences have gotten married now <laughs> and have kids. No, it's, it's weird. It is it's weird. weird thinking about that. Because, like, I remember when, like, there was only, like, one or two of them that were even adults, let alone in relationships. Well, or physically married. adults. Physically adults. Yeah, <laughs> physically. For most of them, I think it's mostly physically, not necessarily mentally. I would say the only one that it was even close to mentally an adult was uh, Lisa. Yeah. All the other ones were just like children in adult bodies. Yep, but they were all men, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, that's so just like a... most men, they were children in adult bodies. Exactly. <laughs> and to this they day, they probably still are. Yeah, they were. Oh, <laughs> uh, good old times. Oh, uh, yeah. I, say, I think the bonfires at the Lawrence's house were always the best ones. Oh, they were definitely the interesting ones. They, Especially they were definitely you, the most chaotic. Well, you know, you knew it was always going to get entertaining when you'd suddenly hear Mrs. Lawrence yelling at the boys because you're like, oh boy, they're <laughs> about to do something stupid. <laughs> and there was always something either including fireworks or just fire in general as well. Yeah, they lighted, like, they liked to make things go boom. Which is completely understandable. I fully oh, respect yeah. this. <laughs> I like big booms. Yes. <laughs> well, now that we've completely gone off from just closing the podcast, <laughs> Gerald, we're going to go ahead and call it, guys, because, man, we've been going for almost an hour and 45 minutes now. Yeah. Without you, my friends. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Okay, bye. Bye.